Hello, this is Tom Williams, and you are listening to Talk Theater in Chicago's Interview Podcast. I have, for the first time, I have a world-class magician who is currently starring in one of the most mesmerizing shows you'll see in Chicago. Dennis Watkins from the House Theater, who plays uh, the lead, plays Harry Houdini in Death and Harry Houdini. Hello, Dennis. Hello, how are you? Great. Let's talk about how this show came about i i mean it's it's incredible uh, i've never seen so many people's eyes pop out at a show before <laughs> that's great i i mean, i love this show and it it's been a a, a, a sort of a, a treasure in my heart for a long time this this was the first show that the house theater of chicago ever produced back in 2001 and i went to college at smu in dallas with Nathan Allen, who's the artistic director of the house, and uh, about 11 other folks who are now company members of the house. Um, and so the, the, the um, idea of the house popped up while we were in college. It was something that Nathan really wanted to play with. Nathan was looking to uh, start a company where he and his uh, artistically minded friends could create the kinds of theater and the kinds of play that uh, he was interested in. And... Um, I was lucky enough to be a friend of, uh, of Nate and and, and ha- had a, a like-minded artistic aesthetic and uh, was sort of part of that uh, ground-level opening of the house and starting those discussions about it while we were still in school and then uh, starting the company here in Chicago as soon as we were all done with school. Death and Harry Houdini was the first show that we ever created, and it was something that Nathan wrote uh, and created as a first step into the world of creating that kind of theater, that kind of fun, physical, very visceral, uh, spectacular uh, storytelling that the house is, is now known for. And Nathan uh, started it all with a, with a little script uh, about Harry Houdini. Uh, and we did that show in 2001 at Live Bay Theater. Uh, and I, the, uh, I don't, I haven't been to that space in a long time. I know it's no longer Live Bay. Uh, but now it's back as live bait. Now I think Tino, oh, it is? Uh, was, there's a Latino theater company just going into it. But yeah, that that was a small, intimate space. Yeah, yeah, it was. And you know, we did um, much like we've done at the Chopin. They had a, a seating bank at, at one side of the room, and we just didn't use it. Instead, we set it up to be a traverse down the center of the stage space, and we were only able to fit comfortably. You know, I, I think probably around 50 folks in there, and and. Uh, in the end, um, we started fitting a little bit more in there and just shrinking the size of the stage to accommodate it. Um, but that show had some really awesome, fun, exciting storytelling that was hugely theatrical. What it did not have was, uh, magic on the scale that the show does now. It had no water torture cell. It had no vanishing people. It had no sawing in half. Um, it had some fun close-up magic, but, but the, the scale of it was very different. That being said, the show had so much heart and it was so much fun. And we had a great time making it. And the, the few people who actually saw it, I think, had a great time seeing yeah, it. Yeah, I remember um, seeing it. I think I saw it a day after Chris Jones did. So I uh, I will give credit to him for discovering you guys. In oh, good. Yeah. And I <laughs> said, then, wow, where did these people come from? Right. And then we, we, we uh, right after that show, we did uh, Peter Pan. And then we revisited Houdini in 2003 at the Viaduct. That's the one I remember because that's the one with the I was sitting like I, I think I could reach my hand out and and, and touch the, the the water chamber. Yeah, and that was the first time we had we had put that in the show. 
Um, and we, we, we raised the scale of the show all around. Um, it still, I don't think in, in terms of scale, uh, was what it is now, but in 2003, we added the water torture cell, uh, which was, uh, an awesome endeavor for us. For me as a magician, it was really exciting. I had never at that point in my life done any kind of, uh, escape work. Uh, I've been doing magic my whole life since I'm a third generation magician, but escape work particularly I had never touched. Uh, and so it was my first foray into that world, uh, and it was really exciting to get to use it in the context of uh, uh, a really cool story and something particularly about Harry Houdini himself, the inventor of that piece of uh, escape uh, magic. Uh, and so that was fun, and that show was, was a blast for us. Did you do uh, the uh, walk on the glass in that show? No, no, I did not. Actually, the walking on glass is something that uh, I... I learned to do for this run of Houdini. So the first time I did it actually was about two months ago. Good because I was <laughs> good because I was racking my brain. I said I don't remember that, and I think I would remember that. Yeah, no, it's 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 it's, it's a new addition to the show, and one that I think is really fun. Um, I saw uh, a friend of mine is a, a magician here in Chicago by the name of Mark Tolan, and he um, he performs a little a little segment of his show where he walks on glass and. Uh, a while back, I went to see one of his shows, and um, I watched uh, I watched him do it. And and the thing that really caught me was how wrapped up his audience got in that little piece. Um, every step that he took on the glass, people would ooch further to the edge of their seats. There were gasps. No one, uh, no one was disengaged from what was going Especially on. Especially when they see you take your shoes and socks off. Uh huh. Yeah, and, and it, I, yeah, and there's no, there's no trickery, there's no fake there. I mean, you were barefoot. Yeah, absolutely. And you know the 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 thing about uh, so after <laughs> after I watched Mark do that, and then several months later into the into the the work on uh, Death and Harry Houdini, um, it, it occurred to me that 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 there was a great spot in the show for something like that. So I called Mark and I said, and I asked him if he would mind teaching me to do it. Um, and he said, well, absolutely, but I don't really know what to tell you. You just got to start doing it and get used to walking on it and try it. You just, and I was like, really? And he's like, yeah, what you do is you just, you walk on broken glass. You got to, you got to figure out how to do it without destroying your feet and cutting yourself, but that's what you do. You just do it. But how about the bit, the little bit that happened when you were doing it, uh, at the opening? Oh, with the, with the bottle falling yeah, in the audience? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was great. It was right, almost right. Uh, two people down from where I was sitting, and, and the way you handled it was great. Oh man, it was so funny. And and uh, 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 in our theater, you know, we we enjoy we invite people to bring their drinks into the house and whatnot. Um, and occasionally we hear beer bottles fall to the floor and stuff. Uh, it never occurred to me that it would happen while I was walking on broken glass and how fitting that might be. So <laughs> it was a blast. That I didn't throw it. off your concentration because you, I mean, you handle it with a with a great ad lib, but. Uh, does stuff like that throw off your concentration? Uh, not really. You know, there's a certain amount of that stuff that that especially when it especially when it happens in moments like that where it's very fitting um, that I really enjoy. It's something about, and it fits right in with the house's aesthetic. I think that that um, every audience is completely unique, and therefore every show should be completely unique. And there's no, there's nothing. There's, there's nothing we should do to ignore the things that actually happen in the space with the audience. Yeah, like the uh, gunshot not going off. Huh? Yeah, like the gun not going off. I mean, and 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 the grand scale of things, that's no big deal. 
what what turns stupid about the gun is if you pretend it doesn't happen. Uh, yeah. But if you invite the audience into it, and we can all share the 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 moment that was designed with the gun going off, and the fact that it didn't happen, and the fact that Carolyn is a wonderful performer who just played with the moment and enjoyed it, then the audience gets a really special treat. I think. Yeah, yeah, that's, um, and you guys are known for the not that you you do flubs, but sometimes you just deliberately at certain moments. I don't know if it's ad lib or not. You can tell me that. Uh, kind of break the fourth wall and and talk to the audience. Absolutely. I mean, that's one of the the very very fundamental uh, 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 elements of the, of the house's aesthetic and the house's ethos is that. Um, that, that we're all in the same room and there's no pretense of what is happening on, on the stage as being absolute, uh, real life. Um, we, we enjoy the fact that we're all joining in the storytelling together. And in fact, it's, it's part of where the name, the house comes from. The house is the space that exists when the audience and the performers are in one space and they're united. Um, there is no separation between the two and there, there shouldn't be. It's one of the things that, that the house loves about live theater is that it is live, and if we can embrace that and and enjoy the audience and let the audience enjoy um, being acknowledged and a part of the, the the story, then then all the better. Then that, that's how we know we're we're doing our job, I guess. Yeah, and the amazing thing is is that you brought a the house has brought an entire generation into theater, who I think many of which you know might might have gone to an improv here or there, but. Just weren't theater people, and you converted them. Sure, and I think I think I think we're really proud of that at the house, um, and I think we're, we're 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 proud of the fact that you know not only have we brought in uh, young younger audiences, and I, I'd like to think over the ten years that we've been telling stories, uh, uh, we've grown up since we started attracting those folks. So, so our work is a little bit better and a little bit more grown up, but we're still bringing in the younger audiences uh, that are excited by popular myths and a comic book ethos and um, exciting, spectacular storytelling. Um, and it's, it's exciting to get folks into the room who, who don't necessarily go to plays all the time. It's exciting to get uh, regular theater goers, too. We love it. Um, but there's, a, um, there's something really fun for us about, about being able to bring new folks into this kind of storytelling well the whole theater community uh, is sure glad you have because there's a you know there's a spillover effect yeah but let's talk about harry your production uh of harry houdini because it's much more than a escapist or magic show it it's it's a vaudeville show it's fun it's smart it you know it's it's just it's such a tight production sure and, uh, and, and it, some of your cast members, a few of them who have been with you uh, through uh, uh, all the productions of Harry Houdini. Yeah, Sean Fouch played uh, Theo in all the productions so far. Johnny Arena played the ringmaster in all the productions so far. Marika Mashburn, who plays uh, Cecilia, my mother, uh, was oh. in the 2003 production. Uh, so we've got a, a slew of folks who who... Uh, have been part of this particular story for a while. Um, and it's, it's really fun to, I don't know, for, for me, playing the, the part for the third time, uh, is a blast. The part has changed and it has grown and it has evolved. Um, and I, I, I don't want to speak for my fellow actors, but I think that they're having a great time doing it as well. Yeah, it's obvious. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
And the, the, the show, I think one of the, one of the things that makes Nathan Allen so, uh, such, such a, a, a good director, writer, and storyteller is his ability to, to look at the, the, the group of folks that, that he's working with and really sort of, uh, uh, take advantage of and cash in on everything that they're able to do. I mean, Trista steps into the room and we are halfway through rehearsal and we discover that woman can play the trombone and what a wonderful thing it is to have her doing it on stage. Yeah, and Sean um, can play just about anything, right? Yeah, Sean, Sean can play anything <laughs> and he can sing anything. He's great. Yes. Uh, but, 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 but we've, we've managed to, to sort of use as much of the talent in the room as possible from, uh, everyone's musical talent to, to, uh, discovering that that Carolyn can tap dance really well in using that to the magic that's in the show, uh, to Sean singing, to, 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 to everything else. And it's just, it's, it's, I think as an actor, and again, I don't want to speak for anybody else. It's really fun to get to use the, all the tools. That well, you and, have. and your mother almost breaks up the show. Oh my gosh. Isn't she a blast? Oh, it's so funny. And you know, that is so hard to do. Oh gosh. Mention yes, that to, to describe that for our folks. Well, Cecilia Weiss, uh, Harry's mother in this show, is is uh, um, just a, a stoic, hard-nosed, uh, old-world Eastern European woman. She speaks only in her native tongue, which in our show is a, a made-up language. Um, I meant the ask you, I was wondering, I thought that might have been Roma or, or a dialect of Hungarian. No, she, she, Marika created it. Um, in the original, or in the 2003, and actually in the original version of the show, it was German. We were speaking German in those scenes. Um, and Nathan decided that he wanted it to be just a little bit more eccentric and, and, and something that no one in the room would, would understand. Um, just like Beth, the character that Carolyn plays in the show, doesn't understand a word that the mother is saying. But the audience should, should experience that as well. So he asked Marika to create uh, this sort of Germanic gibberish. Uh, uh, Marika's last name is Mashburn, so I've been calling it Mashburnese. And it's, it's <laughs> this, 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 uh, harsh, uh, uh, Germanic sounding language that, that is just great. And it fits, um, what the character of Cecilia Weiss is doing really well, cause she's stoic and she's hard nosed and she's very straight faced. And as she gets older, her life just keeps getting, uh, you, you can, you can feel her age as she becomes, uh, harder and harder and colder and colder and her body, de- uh, degenerates. Um, and, 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 and in that regard, her life becomes so much harder and harder and harder. Um, and, and, uh, Marika Mashburn just does a wonderful job of like blowing that thing up into, uh, a, a clown that the audience both, uh, really, um, I think enjoys and understands. It was really hard in, in making the play this time around. I, I remember talking to Nate and saying, you know what? Harry dotes on his mother and he loves her so, so yeah, much. Her mother was the strongest thing in his life. Isn't that true? Yes, yeah, she, yeah. she was historically. And we know that. And in this play, um, in the early stages of rehearsal, I was like, she's just such a witch. She's just so mean. I don't understand why he loves her. Uh, and, 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 and Nathan did a great job of sort of, Directing us toward a place where we know that we have this, uh, we, we all have people in our family that we love, uh, whether or not they're difficult. Uh, and we're, we're getting these wonderful snapshots of Cecilia 
Um, and, and, and in our play, in our story, they're the, they're the moments where she's really hard nosed and, and, and sometimes a little rough, but, um, it doesn't, it, it, we still, I think, give her, uh, enough humanity that the, the audience goes along the ride with us of going, oh man, that woman is hard and we love her. Especially, well, yeah, her exit kind of, her exit scene sort of does that too. Yeah. 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 It, you know, this show, uh, I tell people to go see it because it's something they've never seen before. Some people say, well, it's, it's magic and it's, uh, uh, escape, uh, great escapes you do, which I want to talk about in a minute. But it's much more than that. It's a, it's a complete storytelling. It's a, it, it's a unique theater piece. Absolutely. And I mean, I think that's one of the wonderful things about it. And as a, uh, as someone specifically who is an, a magician and has been a magician all my life and, 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 you know, uh, for the most part, uh, outside of the time that I'm doing theater, I make my living as a, uh, magician. I, the, the, the most exciting thing about it for me is that the, the magic is not just magic. Just like you just said, it's not just the magic show. There's, there's some real human story going on. And to be able to use the, use magic to tell those stories is such an exciting artistic opportunity. And I think, uh, a really rewarding opportunity for, for an audience to get to experience magic as a, uh, uh, a narrative tool instead of just a string of uh, of novel effects. I have never seen an audience uh, in general. When audiences leave the house shows, they have a smile. They feel like they've really been entertained and they've gotten their money's worth. But this one, this one is another another <clears throat> level. They were almost like floating out of the the theater. It, it, I mean, the electricity among the audience was was just amazing. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a wild ride that people are taking on, I think. And, and, you know, honestly, I don't think anyone expects the ride to be that wild. So, so it's exciting. <laughs> yeah, that's like I was telling folks, I said, if you want to go see the best at what they do, go see the house. And you. You are fearless. I mean, you start <laughs> off the show upside down in a straitjacket, and then it goes from there. Wow. It's true. Uh, it does seem like a, a, a dangerous place to start this show because you're like, well, where the heck else are we going to go from here? But uh, it's fun. And, you know, like I said before, and, until Beth and Harry Houdini, escape work was something that uh, I had never really ventured into. Um, the water torture cell specifically is a, a piece of escape magic that I think is just uh, just wild. I am. A, let me correct you on something. I was told that you are one of the few people in the world that even attempts it. This is, uh, yeah, the, to, to the best of my understanding, there is not a whole, uh, there are still today <clears throat> a very small number of performers who are doing this thing. And there, there, there are a lot of reasons for that. Um, number one, you know, if you're a, a traveling magician such as myself, traveling with this giant take and a number of people and the chain winch and, and, and finding venues that will allow you to bring in 150 gallons of water and put it on their stage and stuff, it's just a pain in the neck. But more than that, the thing is terrifying. Um, I have a friend who's reading Doug Henning's biography at the moment. He called me the other day as I was walking toward uh, a rehearsal and said, you know, I just, I just read that Doug had they, he performed the water torture cell and his first TV special. And after that, uh, special, they started a, a long tour that included the water torture cell in the show. And he got three or four shows into it. It scared the heck out of him and they cut it from the show. Um, you and are, you are either crazy or fearless. Maybe a little <laughs> of both, but maybe a little bit of both, but it's a, it's a, it's a terrifying thing. And the, this time around, um, 
I won't mislead you. The the water torture cell is much scarier than it was before. The the piece of equipment that we're using is different. The actual water torture cell that we have on stage in this production is different than the one we had in 2003. And the key difference is that it is significantly smaller. Um, That's the, what I thought. But again, you know, without you telling me, that couldn't have varied. It did seem smaller. Yeah, it's much, much, much smaller. The the water torture cell we had before felt uh, cavernous by comparison. And and the, the big difference there is that once you're locked inside of it, the amount of maneuverability you have to, to facilitate the escape uh, in the old tank was quite a bit, and it made it much simpler. In this tank, there's hardly any room to maneuver, and it's very difficult to achieve the things that, that you need to achieve in order to get out of the tank. Um, wow. So so when when it showed up, you know, I knew it was going to be a little smaller. When it showed up and I, I climbed inside of it without any water for the first time, I thought, oh, my God. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, we had... we. But there was no doubt in your mind you would do it. Well, no, there was some doubt in my oh, mind, actually. Okay. There was a lot of doubt in my mind. And and we entertained uh, the notion of, of securing the old water torture cell for, for a couple months. And the, the, the overall response from our team and from Nathan and even from me was that uh, the claustrophobic impact that this smaller water torture cell has on the audience is worth it. That it feels strangely more dangerous when it is this small and it sure this does, yeah. Tight. That if, if, if I could pull off the escape and if I could get comfortable with it, uh, that, that extra little element of, of danger was well uh, worth it for the audience. Well, let me ask so, you this. In, in, I don't remember. It seemed like two minutes, but I don't know what the time was. The first time I saw it in 03, I don't remember them taking the, the uh, letting the audience see that you were still in the water. It seemed like a couple of minutes later. They, uh, they, they, we did do that in 2003. Oh, okay. And to the best of my knowledge, um, we did it every time. Now that is a step that, that, um, I don't know. I don't recall it. Ha maybe it happened. I know that it has happened when I performed the water torture cell elsewhere that, that, uh, in instances where things are not going exactly right, we cut that step in order to allow me to com just continue working on the escape. Um, but, 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 that is a step that, that Harry Houdini put into his performance of the water torture cell so that by the time he's underwater for a minute and a half to two minutes and the audience is starting to suspect that, you know, uh, I don't know, maybe he's breathing in some fashion. We can show you that actually, no, that is not the truth. The, 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 the dirty work is still happening. The guy is still trying to escape and he is still, after two minutes, been holding his breath underwater and here he is. I think it's an important step in, in the performance of the, water torture cell because it really does let the audience sort of go along with you. And, and by that point, well, one of the fun things that I think that happens with the water torture cell is that right before I go into it and I take a big breath, I can see audience members taking a breath with me Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and, and trying to ride that ride. And by the time we show that I'm still underwater, no one in the room is still holding their breath because it's, it's such a long time. <laughs> I saw the I I I put that <clears throat> YouTube video of you describing how you prepare for this. Uh, oh, I saw that you did that. Yeah, yeah my review. I, if, if there's a pertinent video, why not? You know, I have the bandwidth. Why not do it? But you were talking about how you had to learn the breathing exercises uh -huh. to to get used to that. Uh, and, and you, but you so you've done. I was 
one of my questions was, this is like eight years later, but you have done the this uh, in between shows then. Well, um, sort of. The this year or last, late last year, um, I was talking to the folks uh, at Navy Pier Entertainment. And they, they 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 asked me if I could help design some kind of really fun magical spectacle for Halloween for them. Uh, and we we had just uh, secured this water torture cell, and knowing that that Harry Houdini uh, passed away on Halloween, and that the water torture cell was sort of the the key element of his stage escape show, um, I proposed producing the water torture cell as part of their Halloween celebration. Um, and it would it would not only uh, be really fitting to what Navy Pier was trying to do, uh, but it would give us and the house an opportunity to work up the piece again for the first time in so the So you and did it. You did it at Navy Pier. Yeah. So we uh, we did a uh, we did what did we do? We did four nights a week uh, for about four weeks. Uh, of performances of the water torture cell down there. Um, and so we use that as an opportunity to, to ramp up and prep and, 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 and get comfortable with doing the illusion again. Um, and so that became our sort of test run with this particular tank and this piece of equipment. Um, and so, but however, since the, the run of Death and Harry Houdini in 2003, that had been the first time I had done it. Wow. Uh, how do you deal with the fear factor? I mean, as, as prepared as you are and so forth, there is a danger factor to this, or, or, or it would be done all over the place. Yeah, there, there, there is. And, uh, um, it's one of the hardest parts of it for me. Um, it, and the, the, uh, just as much as, as there's a physical challenge involved in doing the water torture cell, there is a mental challenge involved in doing it as well. And it is, it is a matter of, um, I think just 100% preparation and focus. You know, my, my grandfather as a magician, um, always drilled into my head that, that, that the, the only thing you can do to be ahead of your audience and to be good at your job is to be as prepared as you possibly can. Preparation as a magician is, is first and foremost, prepare, 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 prepare for any possible outcome any possible way that the audience can steer a trick and be ready for it and, and have all of the, the, the plans in your pocket. So for the water torture cell specifically being such a, uh, I mean, frankly, a, 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 a precarious and life-threatening situation, uh, preparation was key, and we, just, we rehearsed the heck out of it just mechanically. Um, no curtains, um, Without the, the extra actors and the scenes around it, just drilling, going in the tank and facilitating the escape over and over and so over. So if something goes over. wrong, you, you guys are prepared? Yes, we are. We have, uh, several contingencies, uh, that we have rehearsed and run and prepared for. Um, hopefully they're, they're all the ones that could possibly happen. And, you know, they include everything from the chain winch jamming when I'm halfway under the water. To my blacking out inside the tank, the team is prepared for for for. It, you could see they're taking it real serious. Pardon? You could see that they're taking it real serious. All the people around, I could just see the looks on their face. You know, you know, the people around you, uh -huh. are helping you, they take it very serious. They do, and there's a, there's actually a moment in the in the play right before I go into the water torture cell where one by one I ask each of the actors on stage and the stage manager if they're ready. 
Yes, you do. Um, and that seems that seemed very real. It is very real, and for me, it is very important. We didn't do it in the 2003 run of the show uh, because I was, I mean, frankly, it didn't, it didn't occur to us. Uh, but in this one, it was like, you know what, Nate? I, I want to make sure that everybody is ready, and I want to make sure that everybody is focused. Um, you know, it's one thing to performing a play is performing a play, and, and your brain is in a very unusual place, and you're very focused on your job and the story that's going on and whatnot. And I wanted a moment where I could bring everybody in the room to being focused on keeping me alive. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there's still a play and a story that has to be told. Uh, but I wanted a moment to be able to say, Hey, are you guys, are you ready? Where are we? Yeah. Uh, and Nate was perfectly happy to give it to me. Um, and actually I think I had just, I had built in a moment, uh, where I said, uh, is everybody ready? And Nate was like, you, you need to ask everybody individually. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just, it's just right and it's safer and it's, it's, it lets us, the audience know that, oh gosh, we, we are actually dealing with the real thing. Yeah, um, that's the, that's the, 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 that moment. I think it starts really with you walking on the glass. Yeah. You know, that all of a sudden people say, hey, this guy's doing this, this stuff for real. So by the time you build to the, to the water, your water torture thing, we're on board. We yeah. know you're you're going to do it. There isn't it isn't smoke and mirrors. Yeah, yeah. It's it, you should be proud of this. This is it's got to be an exhilarating high once you end the trick, right? It is. It is. You know, it feels once that thing is over, I you know I can feel my body relax. Uh, and 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 the thing that as an actor I'm trying to negotiate is is uh, starting the show uh, and keeping that tank out of my mind until it's time to do it. Um, Interesting. Because I always know that it's coming, right? Yeah, and, and, sure. <laughs> and it's, uh, uh, it's such a beast, uh, it, it, that in a lot of ways, you know, if the water torture cell could be the first thing in the play, oh my gosh, my ride through the play would be so much simpler. Um, no, it's got to build to it. That's the way to do it. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it, it's right. Uh, but, and a, as an actor, I'm trying to, I, tr I try to just put it out of my mind until it's time to do it because it is, it's a beast. And, um, like you said, it is it is something that 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 um, does cause me a lot of stress and and uh, anxiety. It's getting less and less as we well, get you, better and better at performing it. You have redefined the term "leaving it all on the stage." <laughs> now we're running out of time. I got to ask you this: uh, are, are there a couple of new things that you're working on? More escapes or? different things for your magic show because i know you take it all around the country to corporations and colleges and, and uh, you're making a career out of it which is great i am there's been a lot of magic that that i've added to to my shows uh over the last couple of years that are that are now sort of my new favorites and my new staples um they're not really there's not a whole lot of escape work being added to my show but i have had clients who have read about uh, the Houdini show and are interested in, and, in, and in adding water torture cell to some of their events and things like that. So, so who knows? That might become something that, that I do more of. Um, I hope the, you charge him a big fee because you're entitled oh, to it. <laughs> man, man, if I have to do that, there, there, there will be some kind of markup. That's for sure. Um, just, just to cover the, the stress. Um, so the, uh, so there's a, a little bit of that. I'm, I've been really excited by this run of Death and Harry Houdini because we did, um, add some magic to that show that that has been really fun things like the walking on glass is brand new to me and and is really exciting 
Um, and I, I hope that over time I'll find ways to integrate uh, some of those things into the, the the work that I do around the country as a magician. Well, um, I don't know exactly how I can't travel through the airport with three buckets of broken glass, yeah. but I'll, I'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you will. And, you know, the the house is really at another level. It was such great timing to bring this show back and to, and to you know, because it's got the best of your original elements with the polish and, and sophisticated skill that you guys have developed. And congratulations on being Jeff recommended for the show oh, because you, you weren't eligible because you were too new when it came out it's true and you know then i'm gonna i'm not gonna jinx you but i'm gonna make a prediction and I, i'm about 65 percent accurate i think you should get uh, ready for a little trophy <laughs> because first of all i don't know but i can't see a better performance uh and uh i don't think they've ever had a magician uh, win a jeff award i'm gonna check with the jeff committee on that but but I know they were all spellbound that, that that were there on opening night. Well, I'm glad that they enjoyed it, and 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 uh, I think you know the there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, credit to be given in this show to um, the the whole room. Everyone in that play, I think, has turned out to be just a remarkable magician. Uh, yeah, I couldn't. Yeah, you you obviously taught them well. There was some other and and Nate Allen is is a major talent, and he's he's tightened up the show, and it just he's just showing what the house is all about. You guys should be very proud of this show. And well, folks, thank you. get to Chopin Theater. Uh, you run, what, Thursday through Sundays? Thursday through Sundays. Until, uh, how, how long is the run? Through March 11th. Through March 11th. Folks, you got to see that and make sure you see a play this week. Thanks for listening.